If you're like me, you love driving in traffic. That's right. Driving in traffic. Um, I've been driving for a living and uh, just in general for a very long time, and I'm, I'm pretty good at it. So in this episode of The Eclectic Monk, I'm actually just going to take you on my trip home. I'm going to explain to you what's happening I, for right now. I've got an idiot driving down the road with his left turn signal on, which I appreciate the turn signal, but it's a useless gesture if you're not actually turning. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to share with you uh, a few pointers about driving in traffic and just driving in general that would make everybody's life a whole lot better if everybody would do it. Hey, put your seatbelts on. We're going for a ride. I'm not kidding. The, the guy in front of me is actually riding down the road with his left turn signal. Oh, he turned it off. How about that? One of the first things that uh, you know we all complain about is people who just don't seem to have any clue what they're doing. Oh, the guy who was riding with his turn signal on turned it off and is now turning left without a turn signal. That irritates me. I call it the little blinky thing. Let's just start there. Use the little blinky thing. It doesn't really take that much work. You can usually manage it with a pinky and you can push it down if you're turning left and you can kind of pull it up if you're turning right. And if you will do that oh, say, seven or eight seconds before you actually intend to turn, that would let the whole wide world know what your plan is. Now, this course requires that you would be planning ahead. And so that would be my number one rule of driving. Plan ahead. Think about where you're going, how you're going to get there, and the things that you need to do in order to do it safely and effectively. I would even say, if you're going someplace you've never been before, use a map. Because there's nothing more irritating than getting behind someone who's driving with a GPS, who's speeding up, slowing down, stopping in the middle of the road, doing a variety of things that are really unsafe and just frustrating for those of us who are stuck behind you when it would take, I don't know, 15, 20 seconds to pull a map on your phone, maybe use your laptop or your desktop, you know, and actually kind of plot out where you're going to go, maybe even write that down. I'm a firm believer in maps as being far superior to GPS because GPS forces you to react and a map allows you to plan ahead. So, first rule of successful commuting is plan ahead. Now, the next thing that you need to do is to have a contingency plan. I know. I know this is outside of most people's boxes. Uh, to actually know where you're going and then know alternate routes to get there. Just this morning, I had to pull out the old alternate route trick because I was behind a garbage truck that was stopping every, you know, 12 feet down a very busy road. So there was no way to get around them. And uh, when I finally got to 
the first place I could turn off, I turned off because I have made it a point to know the back roads. It's always better if you know the escape route because you never know when somebody's going to run into someone else, when some water main is going to burst, when a power line is going to be down. There's a variety of things that can go wrong that can stop you and put you into the middle of a huge traffic jam. But if you know the back roads, if you've figured out the other way to get where you need to go, then you can always recalculate. You don't have to wait for your GPS to tell you what to do. You can just jump and go. Plan ahead. Have a contingency plan. When things go wrong, what are you going to do? The other thing that is really, really, really important is to be aware Be aware as you're driving, always leave plenty of room between yourself and the car in front of you, even when they're going 15 miles an hour, like the car that's in front of me right now, for no apparent reason. I don't know why he's going 15. The speed limit's 35, and oh, we've made it to 20. Yes, be aware. Be aware not only of the people in front of you, but be aware of the people behind you. It's the most frustrating thing to me as we drive along and people sitting in their cars somehow feel insulated and isolated, like you're in your own little time capsule and nobody else is around you. Nothing else matters. You are the center of the universe as you drive along in your car, pulling out in front of people very slowly and not using your turn signal. Oh, there's the turn signal. Appreciate that. And, uh, you know, be aware. Basically, as you're driving down the road, you should be not only, you know, leaving yourself enough room between you and the car in front of you so that if they stop suddenly, you don't rear-end them. You should also try to have enough space so that you can see around and beyond them to the traffic pattern that's going on up the road. Be aware of what's happening 100 yards, 200 yards ahead of you, as far up the road as you can see. Because if you see brake lights going on up there, you can be sure that the guy in front of you is going to be slowing down soon. And that gives you more time to react. One of the keys to successful driving is being able to react in a timely way. And the best way to do that is to buy yourself plenty of time to know what's going on, to be aware. You also need to be aware of who's behind you because if the person behind you has got plenty of room, you think you're okay. I thought I was okay the day that I was sitting stationary in front of my subdivision with my left turn signal on, waiting for traffic to clear so that I could turn left. But what I didn't realize is that there was someone running down the hill oh and it's about a half mile of straight line visibility and um she never even hit her brakes when she rear-ended me she said she had spilled her water and she was trying to clean it up i'm pretty sure she spilled her water when she hit me but she was looking at her phone as she was driving down the road so be aware and pay attention pay attention to what's going on and don't be distracted. I think that's in the world we're in is the number one problem. It's really not drunk driving anymore, is it? 
I mean, when I was a kid, it was people going out and, and uh, getting hammered at the bar for happy hour back when there used to be, you know, two for one drink specials between five and seven. Not that I know anything about that. And then people would go get, you know, sloshed and then drive home. Uh, no, now it's people looking at their cell phones. And, and if you count how many people you see talking on their cell phones driving down the road, it is just amazing. And we all have that the cell phone delay guy, right? That person who's sitting at the traffic light looking down and the light turns green and all the traffic in front of them clears out and they're still sitting there. And then you politely tap the horn and then they look up. They have that, that uh, oh crap, head jerk. So you know they were completely absorbed in whatever they were looking at, the scrolling their Facebook, replying to a text from Aunt Betty or, you know, trying to... I don't know, figure out what they wanted to listen to on iTunes. I don't know what these people are doing. All I know is they're staring in their lap and not looking at the world around them. They're completely disconnected and lost to the fact that there are other people in other cars who are waiting on them to get out of the way. Because really, what do we want to do? We want to get to where we're going. Like right now, I just want to get home. I've had a long day, and I'm trying to get home. So, have a plan. Have a contingency plan. Be aware. Don't be distracted. And finally, be polite. My goodness, people are so rude on the road these days. And again, I think it comes from being distracted and just so introverted, right? We're... we're, we're so self-centric in our culture now. We're more worried about getting likes on Facebook than we are being likable to the general population around us. So be polite. Let someone pull out. But if somebody lets you pull out, drive the speed limit. I had a guy the other day. I made room. I let him pull out. And then he drove five miles below the speed limit until I could finally recalculate and get out from behind him. And that's just rude. So don't be rude when you're driving. Be thoughtful. Be courteous. Because really, karma is a real thing. And so if you are kind and thoughtful on the road, chances are other people will be kind and thoughtful for you. One more thing. Roundabouts. I don't know if they have them where you live, where I live. They're all the rage now. We've taken out the four-way stops that people seem so confused about, and they've put in roundabouts. Now, I'm fixing to navigate a roundabout. I am pulling up to one right now. There are two cars in front of me. The roundabout itself is actually clear, so I am going to turn right into the roundabout and then right and get out of the roundabout because I'm going the way I want to go. It's just not that hard. If someone is in the roundabout, you have to yield. If they're coming through and don't expect them to do what you want them to do, expect them to do what you don't want them to do. But if they turn out and there's an opening, proceed with caution. Go ahead, accelerate, and get into the roundabout. There are two bad things that happen. Either people aren't paying attention and they pull out in front of you, or people are terrified and they just sit there holding you up waiting for the roundabout to be completely clear. Of course, that also brings me to the four-way stop. The basic rules of the four-way stop are this. 
everybody stops. The person to the right who stopped first goes next, right? So if you and someone pull up at the same time and they are to your right, they go next and then you go. When you pull up to a four-way stop, if you're intending to turn, please use your turn indicator so that all the people who are stopped at the four-way stop know what your intentions are. A lot of fender benders happen because the person who is trying to turn left doesn't indicate their plan to turn left, and so the person who's planning to go straight across from them assumes they're going straight, and they pull out, and then the person turns left in front of them. This is easily avoidable by good turn signal etiquette. But when you're at a four-way stop, the person who came in first is the person that goes next. Take your time, take your turn, but when it's your turn, go. That's all I got to say about that. I might jump in again, so don't go anywhere. This is a real ride home. I can't wait till we get to that next roundabout. So defensive driving 101 also says that when you're sitting at a traffic light, you should be able to see the tires on the ground of the car in front of you. That's leaving you plenty of space so that if the person behind you rear ends you, you won't run into the person in front of you. If you are sitting and get hit in the rear end and you get pushed into the person in front of you, you are at fault for rear-ending that person. So always leave adequate space between you and the car in front of you when you're sitting at a traffic light because you cannot control what goes on behind you, but the law says you're expected to be in control and not hit the person who's ahead of you. That simple. Isn't this fun? Here's another thing. If it's raining, turn your headlights on. Even if it's just a little light sprinkle like I'm in now, I turned my lights on. Now the person in front of me doesn't have their lights on, but the person behind me has theirs on. So guess who's visible in the drizzle? It's not the person riding without their lights on. The reason we turn our lights on in the rain is so that the people around you can see you. One of the keys to defensive driving is to make sure the people around you know you're there. Turning your lights on at dusk, in the dark, and in the rain is a good part of that. In the fog as well. By the way, if you're driving in fog, always leave your lights on low beam. If you put your lights on high beam in a fog, it basically just reflects back and blinds you and it doesn't really help other people see you any better. So always drive with low beams in the fog and turn your lights on in the rain so that the people around you know you're there. That is good etiquette and good defensive driving. Hey, we're about halfway home. This is exciting. So I just turned right uh, down Due West Road, which means nothing to most any of you, but that's okay. 
uh, it's kind of a little back road that's going to get me back over toward home. The problem with this road is going the other direction, you have to turn left onto a major highway and there's no traffic control. There's just a stop sign. So basically, all of the people who use this road at this time of day planning to turn left out on Highway 92, well, they confuse me because it's a really bad place to try to turn left. Traffic on 92 is pretty constant. A lot of trucks out there. It's a, it's a very busy road. And basically, there are other ways to get over there. I don't understand why you would choose to turn left there. Um, I never take this road in the other direction simply because I know it's a really hard place to make a left-hand turn. And one of the rules of planning ahead is always try to make right-hand turns, or if you're going to have to turn left, make sure there's some kind of traffic control, a stop sign or a traffic light or even a roundabout, uh, because, again, those have gotten very popular here. But when you're planning your route, think ahead. And if you know there's a really rough spot to have to turn left at, Unless you're just recalculating because a log truck is turned over and you got to go that way. Come up with a better route. You don't have to put yourself into a difficult spot. If you think ahead a little, you can probably come up with a better solution. Planning. I know, it's a lost art. But it really will make a difference. Think about where you're going and how you're going to get there with the least resistance. You can do it. I have faith in you. Oh no, we're coming up to a four-way stop. What am I going to do? How's this going to go? I've got to stop behind all these other cars who are stopped. I'm going to go ahead and put my turn signal on because, again, making a left-hand turn. But I'm using the four-way stop to help me do that. So is this little car going to go? Well, they went. Look at that. Now I've got this person turning. They're going to turn right. And then the four-way stop is pretty much clear. At this point, we should be able to just stop and go without getting killed. We have successfully navigated a four-way stop. That is always, always a moment of great joy and victory. You got to find fun where you can. Four-way stops are never fun. But that one was painless. Hey, I'm starting to smell the grass of home. I've only got another 15 miles to go. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> Something fun could happen between here and there. You never know. I'll be back. So I was just sitting at a traffic light waiting to go straight ahead. There was a right turn lane, a left turn lane. And the guy in a red car pulled up behind me in the go-straight-ahead lane, parked, I mean, sat there for a good three or four seconds, and then pulled into the right-turn lane and turned right and took off. And so I asked myself, how unaware must you be to not realize that you're going to turn right at this traffic light? How do you pull up and stop and then make that radical of a shift? I think it's it's really important as you're driving to be aware to, again, think about where you're going, how you're going to get there, and 
don't put yourself into a situation where you're pointed in the wrong direction. I just don't, I don't understand how that happens. Because for me, I always am thinking, all right, how am I going to get there and what am I going to do? So just a little befuddlement here on the trip home. How can you not know that you're turning right at the traffic light? Maybe you've got your head in your phone and you don't even realize what traffic light you're at. Or maybe, maybe you're just an idiot. I don't know. Anything's possible these days. We're actually getting closer and closer to home. I've got a really screwed up four-way stop sign to get through because it's got weird angles and nobody seems to know what the hell to do with that one. Then I have a major road to get across and then a little windy back road to get to the house. And so I, I could be home in 15 minutes. Pretty exciting. Holy cow. There's cars stopped in the middle of the road. What is going on? All right, here's that thing. I'm telling you, this never happens. Why do we have a line of cars a quarter of a mile long sitting at the four-way stop sign? Now, there's traffic at this four-way stop sign. It's a general rule, but I don't ever see traffic like this at this four-way stop sign. So I wonder what's going on or what happened you know, 45 minutes ago that got everything jammed up. This is strange. And I've got a ton of people bouncing up down this little side road, which tells me that there is an accident at the four-way stop at Mount Tabor and 360. That's the intersection I'm not going through. I'm going straight across to jump on 360 at a different spot. But uh, obviously people are recalculating around. So that tells me that there are some people who know the back roads because that's exactly what I would have done if I had come up and hit a back road, uh, hit that jam Knowing the back roads will save you, friends. It will save you. Uh, but again, unexpected. I, I don't ever see this kind of traffic at this point in my commute home. And I pretty much come this way every day. I drive home a different way than I go to work because the traffic patterns are significantly different uh, the two times of day. Oh, wait. I hear it. Do you hear it? It's a siren. Yep, he's coming by. So I'm going to pull over. I'm going to stop and let him get past me. That tells me that it's a pretty serious accident up here. Because if you have a siren, uh, ambulance with lights and sirens, they're, uh, they're usually in a hurry. And based on this traffic, there must have been a wreck. So what do you do if you're in a wreck? I've been in a few. Uh, never anything terribly serious. Uh, but when you're in an accident, um, if you can move the car, if everybody's okay, if it's just one of those, oh man, something stupid happened, but I'm okay, you're okay, always move your vehicle off to the side of the road. If the vehicles are unmovable or if someone's hurt, then obviously you want to call 911 and get some help out there let the first responders come and, and take care of any medical problems. If you're hurt 
you know, if you can call 911, if you're conscious, you know, do that and don't try to move because you can actually uh, make things much worse for yourself by trying to move. So be careful out there. Uh, Accidents do happen. Generally, accidents happen when people get in a hurry and aren't paying attention. So that's why I'm stressing be aware of your surroundings, have a plan, and think about where you're going and how you're going to get there because you don't want to be in that accident. And you don't want to be the person that hits someone, certainly. I mean, it's bad enough to be, as I was, sitting still, waiting to turn left into my subdivision and get creamed in the rear end. Uh, But you certainly don't want to be the person that's doing the creaming, right? You want to... It's always better to be the victim than the... um, the perpetrator when it comes to automobile accidents. Anyway, looks like we've navigated that one. We're doing okay. I don't see the accident. It must be back down Macklin Road a little bit, but um, never, never want to see an accident on the road. That's that's a bad thing. Never very good. Be careful. Safety matters, and getting home in one piece is better and more important than getting home fast. So I always say, too, take your time. Look, don't get in a hurry. I I know we all want to get home. Believe me, I want to get home. But uh, I don't want to get home so bad that I'm going to be doing some risky uh, behavior that's going to hurt myself, hurt somebody else, or hurt my little Kia Soul that I love that's been paid for for years that is now uh, getting up to 166,000 miles. I love this little car. I'm planning to get 300 out of it at the very minimum. So I want to take care of it. And um, part of that is making sure that I don't hit anything and then just hope that nobody hits me. All right. We're getting we're getting down to the last legs. I'll probably checking one more time unless something else crazy happens on this commute home with the eclectic monk. So I'm sitting at a major intersection. I'm in a traffic light. I'm just trying to go straight across. Uh, But I just saw someone who was sitting at that intersection put their car in reverse and go backwards on a four-lane highway. I don't know why they did that. That is the dumbest thing you can possibly do. When you're driving down the road, the last thing you ever want to do is put your car in reverse nothing but bad things can happen if you start backing up in the middle of a major intersection think ahead don't get yourself out into the middle of the intersection if there's cars coming also just came through a yield sign yield signs are tricky for some people a yield sign means that if there's people coming through the intersection you have to stop and give way but if there's no one moving if there's no one going through then you don't have to stop. You can just proceed with caution into the intersection and continue on your merry way. The yield sign requires a little more concentration and awareness than a stop sign. If you see a stop sign, you are required by law to come to a complete stop before moving forward. Make sure the intersection is clear. How do you know you've come to a complete stop? Well, you know you've come to a complete stop when the car settles backwards. You should settle backwards. If you don't settle backwards, that's called a rolling stop. And uh, I would be lying if I said I didn't employ those, especially now that I'm on this little country back road that's going to take me to my house. 
if there's nobody coming at this stop sign up here, I'm going to slow down, make sure there's nobody coming. Oh my Lord, there's a man working on his car and I have not seen that much butt cleavage in a long time. If you're working on your car, pull your pants up. That was, I didn't want to see that. I, I can't unsee that. No, really, that was some serious bike cleavage. Uh, I hope he gets his car fixed. Anyway, there you go. Another one. What happens if your car breaks down while you're driving down the road? Well, try to get it safely and completely off of the road. Uh, nothing worse than being out trying to work on a car with people flying down the road and zipping around you and the potential to get hit. So I will say he had found a good spot to get the car off of the side of the road. I just wish that he had pulled his pants up or his shirt down or both would have been helpful for everyone involved because that was a shocking thing to see. Anyway, my goodness, I am now on the road that will take me into my house. I should be home in the next five minutes unless I get behind the guy going 22 miles an hour like I did the other day. Uh, that's always frustrating. If a 35 mile an hour speed limit, go at least 35. I'll go 40 because I know this road and I'm comfortable going five miles over. Hello goats, hello cows. I love this little back road. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed this uh, trip home. Um, I wasn't really planning to do this one, but, you know, I thought, doggone it, I've got 20 years of delivery driver experience, so I've learned a few things about driving safely and driving effectively. So I, I hope you've picked up a couple of tips along the way. If nothing else, you've now experienced a real commute home with the Eclectic Monk, because um hey, I'm actually driving while I'm recording this. So there you go. I'm going to let you go now, make this last home. If I come back, something extraordinary has happened, uh, like an alien invasion, a zombie apocalypse, or uh, a, uh, you know, something crazy like that. I'm hoping it's just quiet on this last mile. Anyway, I'll talk to you later. not the most exciting episode of the eclectic monk probably not the the longest episode i've ever done but it really is it really is important folks to pay attention when you're driving down the road and use good common sense i know that's a nasty word in american public life today but we would all utilize common sense. A lot of the bad things that happen probably wouldn't happen. Anyway, I'm going to put my phone down now, continue driving, <laughs> and hopefully get home in one piece. Until we meet again, travel well, travel safely, travel wisely, and enjoy the journey. May God richly bless you as you make your way home. Until next time, goodbye. Hey guys, can you believe it? Episode 50 is right around the corner. Stay tuned for the 
episode 50 extravaganza. It's going to be like nothing you've ever heard. Get the word out. Share it. Make sure people have lined up waiting to hear what the eclectic monk has got to share. 50 episodes. We're almost there. Don't miss it. Be there.